This is Purple Radio On Demand. He drops for World Cup glory! Yeah! It's, it's over! Yeah! He's done it! Johnny Wilkinson is England's hero yet again! The last concert that Purple Radio Sport put out was way back in June. Back then we presided over a dramatic cricket result in a World Cup final between England and New Zealand. As we returned to Durham, Today, to begin a new year of broadcasting here at Purple Radio, the central topic is another epic England-New Zealand World Cup encounter in the making. This is Purple Radio's dedicated rugby podcast, and I'm joined uh, here today by the head of, uh, why are you now, the station manager, Adrian? I am. Well, I've gone up in the world. On the, on the wrong side of the, on the, of the divide, of the table today, and yes. also our uh, summer signing, new recruit, off the bench, into the action for the first game, uh, Will Hobbs. He looks a bit like a rugby player, doesn't he? Like statuized. Well, he is a rugby player. Well, Do you want to tell go. us about your uh, your? Well, tell tell us, Will. How is uh, how university? About, how about I tell you a story from uh, yesterday? Wind up. It was actually on Wednesday. It was a long bus journey. We went to Stirling, seven hour round trip for the uh, DURFC fourth fifteen. I was number twenty one. Already a bit of a target there. Um, <laughs> on the bench. Mate, you were 21 for the fourth, so that's, that's some sporting cred that you yeah, have in this no, studio, no, seriously. Making my debut, and um, yeah, the only way is up, I guess, as you'll find out, because it was a three and a half hour trip there, stopped off at the service station in the middle, um, and I was given the touch judge's flag when we got to Sterling. Oh, God. And it turns out that uh, that is the role that I kept throughout the day. I didn't get a minute no. on the pitch. Um, instead... Got a bit of flack from my own teammates when a ball went out of the full. I put my flag up and got a volley of abuse. I was nominated Dick of the Day by five. Of my You'll have to cut that one out, Chambers. And it was. It Can was we have an R from the podcast audience? Oh, please do. It was a trying experience. Oh. It was really good to to yeah represent DURFC with my tracksuit top fully on the entire time. Um, yeah, it was it was a good way to, to kick off the season, but I, I, I do feel tearing up here. I sort of represented them. I sort of haven't, um, but yeah, that was my experience of, of Sterling away. There Gosh, go. so hopefully well, you I mean, boys on the bench. Yeah, you don't have the same thing. I am. Well, man, we'll come to that. Well, Ed Chambers knows all about the bench. I but, really but in, in, in a different but sport. Seriously, I mean, you think that was that was tough. Try try going down to the Aiden Steves football and being put on the bench for ninety minutes. I've become the captain this year. Just just run the line, run just the line, run the line. Oh, I tell you what, I've had the volley of abuse before. I uh, it was a, an onside. I was running the line. Story, Firstly, that's story, the worst story thing. Time got, time to, to have to run the line for your own team yeah. should be. I mean, it's just. Firstly, it's you awful. can't win. In that you can't situation. win in that situation. No, but I tell you what. So I had it was a situation. The ball comes through. It's offside. Onside. Sorry. I've got to get that right. Onside. Onside. Okay. And I could see he was onside. He was behind the defender. He runs through, scores a goal against my team. My team looks over and said, why didn't you put your flag up? I said, because he was onside. And they went, why didn't you put your flag up? I said, because he was onside. Yeah, that, that argument doesn't count. And then, no. then at the well, end, the rules of football, at the end, guys. what love you can have this in a minute. Uh, the, the, the team, one of the team members came over and said, uh, I think we should all club together to get Ed a new pair of glasses so he can see what's best for the team. Whee. Well, speaking, like, wow. speaking of glasses, yeah. Ed Chambers today, yeah. 
Couldn't find his glasses. Can't find my glasses. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> Can't see him. Wait. Right, good start. Oh, man. Are we, are, we doing, are, we doing rugby here? are we doing rugby? Yeah, we're doing rugby today, yeah. Are we? Yeah, we're doing I thought it was a general chat. Well, we can just chat. We're going to be at therapy over there from Will to start. So <laughs> feel awful about it. So you, you're number 21. Where do you normally play then? I know we're playing number 10, but the number 10 is going to outstanding 80 minutes. So uh, it would really be shifted. Really? So if I was a captain, I probably wouldn't have put myself on either. But it was, to be on the receiving end... To go to Sterling as well. Yeah, it was Sterling. Yeah. It was quite far away. Well, at least you stopped at the service station. Yeah. Anyway, let's uh, let's talk about some uh, some rugby because, well, this this podcast is a little bit overdue now. We're at the stage of the quarterfinals. We're getting tasty. Getting very tasty. Getting very tasty. Into the semi-finals. Uh, of course, we've had the fact that uh, England and Wales are the only home nations remaining with two of them in the four as everybody knows the, there's a fine line between success and failure in rugby it's Hadrian's Wall um, <laughs> so um, but how long did you work on that one for? Was that last night? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah I found it online actually I can't claim oh it. no that's a word plagiarised um, I'm, I'm half Scottish as well so I can say that get out of the university for plagiarising I'll do that so what well, went I mean to me the, the, the standout story to me has been the the success and the kind of moment of change coming of age world rugby for, for the Japanese team I mean mm. we kind of saw a bit of it in the Russia Football World Cup we yeah. definitely won't see it at the Qatari World Cup but it means so much to, to an event like that particularly like that win against um, against Scotland after the, after the typhoon I mean there was something about that in the, the way that there was a kind of natural communion the, the togetherness of sport which I didn't really think it was going to be sort of seen so much in, in this tournament I mean what, what what's your your guys takeaways from the tournament so far B I was going to say I think it's a big moment and a big thing when the when the home team does well in a, in a World Cup in a big tournament obviously so you had it in the Football Cup had obviously in the Cricket World Cup and then we had it in the Rugby World Cup and it's a massive moment in in World Rugby and it's great to see because mm. it immediately gets the fans on board yeah uh, they're really interested they get passionate and it grows the game um it was a, a massive, massive moment. I was going to use a, a metaphor with you know, an earthquake or something, but perhaps not <laughs> the best one to use in Japan. Uh, but I don't know what uh, Will thought about this. Yeah, I mean, there's an old saying about unpredictability. Uh, impredictability, I should say, is the enemy of the game. It really is. You're yeah. trying to, you cannot predict this. I'm going to get that framed. Completely objective. <laughs> You're dealing with, with humans here. You have no idea. But it does, it does seem that when Japan are coached as a unit well, that there's something superhuman about their mm. ruthlessness, about yeah, their, their sheer desire to, to get things spot on. Their organisation is phenomenal. The way they move the ball through the hands is the PlayStation-esque, really. I mean, it looks like a, a FIFA team at, at stages. Yeah. They are absolutely brutal. They've got real pace. They're not the biggest. And you think with rugby as well, you say football, unpredictable, anything could happen. You don't yeah. really say that about rugby. You get a, yeah. a more powerful side, with, with more experience or when you say that clouds. in the first 60 minutes of a game a game can be quite can be quite tight but often games that I've watched last 20 minutes teams that bring it's on their, their substitutes things change and the that game opens up 100%. and it can be what was a tight game is all of a sudden a bonus point win for a team 100% and if you come to so anyone were we, were we surprised then with Japan 100% if you come to anyone before and said Japan are going to play four games and win four yeah beat is it that much of a surprise though because of last time at the World Cup well, I think under Eddie Jones I think, think Will's making the point that actually it is because of the nature of the, of, of the game and so Ireland let's not forget game. Ireland were ranked number mm. one in the world only a matter of months ago 
Yeah, I mean that is a bit of a farce considering sort of the nature of the of the world rankings. But sure, South Africa in the last World Cup they they it's the the, the Brighton story. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The magic of Brighton is a shot win. They win in the last minute. They outmaneuver the the tactics of South Africa instead of the power they bring real finesse and, and they finish them off in the last minute shot result one off they don't qualify in this World Cup they win they win again mm-hmm. they play Ireland beat them and then they destroy Scotland as well and they pull away from Scotland later on this isn't the same this isn't one off result yeah. this is mounting a serious charge towards top level of, of world rugby which yeah. is the shocking thing I mean, we all thought Japan would pull out a result we didn't think mm, yeah. they'd put off a sustained charge and in the first half of the South Africa I mean Japan were playing Japan's way they were dictating terms they had a phenomenal World Cup in all their games not just mm. the shock result I mean I think the big thing for me is looking ahead for Japan obviously there are a number of vacancies going to be coming up after the World Cup mm-hmm. a number of coaches are leaving and the work that Jamie Joseph's done as head coach of of Japan, I mean, surely he's on the radar of some of these nations, such as you know Wales. Yeah, I don't know. Although for me, Japan are becoming one of those nations. They are now in the top eight, I think. So you would say that Jamie Joseph would just turn around and go, actually, I don't want the job because I, we're I, a top I level think nation. There, you're going to build to a top level that you, that, that could equal anything else. I mean, mm. look at the fan base in Japan. I remember Japan. South that was Africa that was striking ago. to me as well. I mean, yeah, extraordinary. Four years ago, twenty-five million people watched that game, the match yeah. at Brighton from Japan yeah. on television, and their fans. This World Cup have been crazy. I mean, that having Japan as as a new venue has yeah, just yeah. done wonders for world rugby. It's opened up a completely different audience, mm. and that, that that is momentum that is going to be seriously built. If Japan, a country of that magnitude, if that stature can get behind rugby in a new way, I don't see any reason for Jamie Joseph to, to abandon that ship. I really think that is going to map a huge... Mm. But you've got the glamour and the lure of a home of nation. Wales. Of a home nation. <laughs> <laughs> Although I would say that Wales potentially are coming towards, you know, in footballing terms. <coughs> so Alex Ferguson left at the right time. Yeah, you think yeah, that yeah. Warren Gatlin's leaving just at the right time when Wales are arguably... seven, I think. And Wales are arguably not the force they were, although mm. obviously they may end up still winning the World Cup for the first time. Having said that, they did take the Grand Slam of the Six Nations mm. under the radar. I think Wales are the biggest puzzle of this World Cup. Yeah. <coughs> they've won every single game. Yeah. They're, you wouldn't say they've played particularly well in every mm. single game. Well, we'll come to that in a minute with the quarterfinal, but yeah. But they know how to win rugby matches with under Warren Gatlin. You wouldn't. Are you doing an England Wales combined 15, saying that Six Nations? Wales win the Grand Slam. I can't think of too many players from the Wales team that I'd put in an England side, right. individuals, right. but they know how to win rugby matches. It's not just in Cardiff, that's yeah. the theory. In Cardiff, it's their, it's their safe home, it's, it's their fortress. They know how to win the big games, even when they're not playing well. And mm. I think that's a recipe for potentially huge success. Mm. Also, just to mention Japan, the thing that struck me about Japan the most is their least convincing result was probably the one against Russia. So oh, no, they, they should have been really grew into that tournament. Remarkably, the, Ru- the Russian. Did you see the Russian captain? By the way, this is one of the funny things of the tournament. He's pure Irish as well. Is he? He's coming off talking like, yeah, we're very happy with the Russian boy. You know, very happy like that. This is like brilliant, fantastic. Watch his interview. It's really. I'm really gonna good. do that. Just get it. Right, should we take these quarterfinals then? How should we do it? Should we do it? Yeah. Chronologically, should we start with the start with the big news? The big one. The big one. England, Australia. I agree. The big one. The biggest one. I'd argue. Oh. Yeah. Early start, uh, 
got in about two o'clock that night and set my alarm mm. for eight o'clock, made sure I was up, up in time watching the game. I was, I mean, maybe I, I, I you know, declare my, my interest that I don't probably follow rugby as much as I should in terms of working out the machinations of international rugby and all the guys in the studio seemed fairly confident that England were going to win. I wasn't... I wasn't too was not, Well, I mean, you know, these kind of, these kind of one-off fixtures, you never know what you're going to see, but England were incredible. The I beauty thought. of a World Cup called final is Eddie Jones bangs on four-year project, the World Cup. It's all down to the World Cup. Every single game, every single training session, every single press conference, every team meeting is leading up to the World Cup. So mm. 80 minutes... We're dealing with humans here. Anything can happen. Well, it can. I mean, obviously, you know, someone gets sent off in the first 15 minutes, the game's completely changed. It doesn't matter who you are. Which is 100%. actually something that's like more common or yeah. more, more exactly. potential than you would say in rugby before. Yeah. So, What's yeah. phenomenal about that moment is that millions of pounds have been invested. Yeah. Players have been gone through and gone through and gone through. Everything has led up. RFU, England fans, the investment and the work to get to that one point and it could all disappear in that 180 minutes. So for any England fan yeah. who's followed that journey, mm. 80 minutes is, is horrific, it's so nerve wracking because everything can dissolve. Every bit of hard work means nothing if you don't win well, the game. Right, right in thinking that they beat us in 2015 at home. 100%. Oh yeah. Australia did. They so ripped apart the England team, yeah. I mean, I, there's, there's a, there are two sides to this debate. Some people would argue England dominated from minute one. Uh, they were always in control of the procession, control of the play. And then there's the other school of thought who went, actually it was quite tight for 55, 60 minutes, and then England turned the afterburners on and pulled away. Now I'm from that camp, I'm from the latter one. I would go, well, I think it was a pretty tight game. Australia, straight after half time, it was hard. And then the nice thing about England is that they were under pressure. Mm. And unlike the Six Nations where they crumbled a bit under pressure, yeah. they actually turned it on. And got the job done and massively. That was the doubt before the World Cup, we saw in the warm-ups around the Six Nations, England have firepower. You've mm. got two Alangi, Sinclair, the Vernapolas. They haven't actually played a lot of rugby together. This, this was the first year, 2019, where they start to combine. It is freakish. Their firepower, um, their, their ball handling, the combination and balance is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Firepower is never going to be a problem. It was going to be how do they react when they're under pressure, mm. when when they're not going their way. Do they have the leadership? Do they have the coolness? Carl Sinclair, look at him in the Six Nations. He says he individually blames himself for England not winning the Grand Slam. Because in that Wales game, I mean, he lost his head. I didn't know that. Warren Gatling called him out, said, this guy's a time bomb. We mm. get to him, he'll go off. He made something like 15 tackles in the first half. was unbelievable. Lost his head, had to go off. And that changed the complexion of the game. It was this World Cup in the knockout stages was about England, not about their firepower about how they react to challenges, mm -hmm. whether they're mature straight away first scrum, Australia win a penalty. Carl Sinclair is targeted straight away, they rub him on the head. Yeah. Mario Tojo straight in, grabs him and goes, Carl, we're okay. And that is the difference between the Six Nations team and the team we're seeing now, which is why I'm so excited as an England fan, because yeah. they've got that, they seem to have grown in levels of maturity, of leadership, of coolness that you need, because it's not gonna go all your own way. It's not gonna go your own way in a World Cup court final. You need to react especially with temperamental players, you've got great skill and talent, you need to react to those moments. And I think this England side is showing that they're more equipped to do that than they were in the I think also is that you've got all their players. It's a full fit squad. And Eddie Jones has always talked about the riches he has when he has a full fit squad. And arguably we haven't actually seen that in his entire tenure. And fortunately for England mm -hmm. and England fans, they've all come together and they're all fit at the right time. 
and I think it's it's good to see. And mm. it, I was really impressed by that performance and the way they, they were, the way they turned it on. Mm. On that point, it, it, this is sort of a New England team, isn't it? Mm. Because it is the Tuolangi Villapos yep. together for the first time, and and I, potentially the last time in a World Cup. Maybe. This is the thing. These two, there be two. Tuolangi's his kind of resurgence to me. Mm. Is, is it, like himself is a great story. Yeah, I mean, eight years ago, uh, I think the World Cup was kind of similar. Is it when you get the World Cups that are on the other side of the world? You, early morning stuff and all we'd ever get back was him jumping off well the, the dwarf throwing situation him jumping off like boats and whatever you have you and, and he's one of he, England's key players and he, he is and he's just such a he's an absolute talisman and I actually an icon I would say because he's actually had such a under the radar he's had such a longevity in the England setup it's extraordinary I'd actually say one, look, I always say this and I think the most undervalued player in England shirt is Ben Youngs because he Absolute firepower. He went off in the Six Nations. He was injured during the Six Nations in England and immediately went down because of their replacement, Danny Kerr. And people who've listened to the breakdown will know before that I, I criticise him quite a lot. I'm not a big fan, but Ben Youngs. Right. Obviously, he played in the 11 World Cup, the 15 World Cup, both pretty bad from an England point of view. And here he is in 2019, potentially his last shot of glory, yeah. and he's really taking it. 100%. And Manny Tulangi on that front, 2011, he's 21 years old. Johnny Wilkinson again says, I've never seen an athlete like this guy. He has the potential to rip through a World Cup. And England that year should have won the Grand Slam. They go to the World Cup and everything off the field kicks off. He jumps off ferries. <laughs> Literally the draws. Shocker. Four years later, he assaults a policewoman. And he's not on the team. And that changed the whole complexion of the team. Now, he's been through so many injuries. He's done his groin a hundred times. And now he's back and he's really firing. And he, and Danny Kerr said on the BBC, if there's one player who can rip through the All Blacks, is Manny Tuolangi. They mm. won in 2012. Manny was playing at 13, and he there's one there's one exchange where he just rips through Carter, McCaw, Smith. Mm. He he is our Ben Stokes in this sense. Mm. He has the ability when when the game isn't going our way, he's that one X factor player who could completely change a world tournament. He is a freak, a phenomenon, and that's why English be incredibly excited about him at this stage with that maturity in 24 hours time we'll know yeah he's playing at 13 for the first time Mm. but of the Australians one of the things that I sort of picked up and I know it was mentioned was the fact that they just wanted to play it out from the back all all the time so I don't know well I don't know what you think that it was more evenly matched I was kind of surprised at the way that they played particularly that, that I mean the I did notice, I must admit, the Anthony Watson try, which is an interception, it was called as the sort of daring play of the day on the Rugby World Cup Facebook feed. And I thought, well, actually it wasn't. It was a bit of kind of calamitous play from, from Beale. I mean, it's, some of the passing from the Australians okay, was, it left a lot to be desired. And compared with that team, obviously Michael Cech is still in charge. It, I mean, the, the, the game that was in at Twickenham, I mean, what, four, where was it? Was it Twickenham? Twickenham, yeah. Twickenham four years ago. Completely I mean, different. Night and day, really. Night and day. Yeah. He's had serious criticism um, on the back of that selection. Yeah. So the half-backs, nine and ten, have played once together before that game. There's no, there's no settled side in that. And for his tactics, he's just got it wrong. They, don't, they didn't kick. They didn't exit. Um, they just ran the ball from everywhere. And he has been absolutely hammered at home. Quay mm. Cooper, very vocal, has, has destroyed him in on social media. I've heard some people say that. Australia actually played exactly into England's hands. That's what they wanted to do. 100%. Um, I don't know about that. Um, for me, actually, the person who was probably the weakest link in the England side 
against Australia was actually Elliot Daly, who I thought was a bit scrappy at times, didn't have a particularly good match. Um, and I think if Jack Noel were fit, then I don't think Daly necessarily gets in this team. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I, I full back, he is in the last time defence, and he has been exposed a couple of times, hasn't he? I mean, for that Australia try, he was quite frankly rinsed. He was um, nowhere. Destroyed. Jack Noel won't be fit for the semi final yep. either. So, but at the same time. For England, do you think? Elliot Daly. Defending a fullback against the I I a concern, but at the same time, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna paint you a scenario tomorrow. It's gonna be it's gonna be about 10, 10 to eleven tomorrow, and it's gonna be 20, 2019 New Zealand, and uh, seventy eight minutes in, and uh, we need a drop goal, mm. halfway line. Otherwise they go on boundaries. Precisely, and then it <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that one. You back Elliot Daly from halfway yeah. potentially to give you the two points mm. with a drop goal because he can kick it a very very long way. So I said, uh, Eddie Jones might have that in mind slightly, is that you know those kind of points which he may be able to pick up. Especially you may not get that many penalties against the All Blacks. You may need to shoot from halfway. Elliot Daly's your man. I'm actually surprised Ben Stokes didn't get in the 23. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think in that occasion against New Zealand, I can't think of a better man. I Just mean, take a cricket bat to that ball and whack it over the post. His dad was a, his dad was a rugby player. player as well, wasn't he? Dad was a rugby, rugby player. league or rugby? Was he rugby? I think he's rugby league. Yeah. Um, and he he's New Zealand Sports Person of the Year. Has um, <laughs> no, I really do think he big game player. No, on that point with Elliot Daly, you look at the yeah, Lions yeah. series. Um, in that last test, it ended up a draw, and he kicked one from miles away. Right. And that—it's a factor. He's, he's got a left boot that that no one else has, and you need that against the All You need something that they don't have. That's and right. In in unbelievable, spectacular circumstances where it shouldn't be possible to get points, he can get points. And and England might need to get. They might need to you know take whatever chances they've got. That's what I'm saying. Because New Zealand aren't going to be as ill-disciplined as other teams. Potentially not going to score as many tries as you as you would against other teams. Well, obviously not. So I'm just saying is that he gives you that added option of just shooting mm. and getting points on the board. Because tomorrow that's going to be crucial. You don't want to be lagging as Ireland did against New Zealand. You know, was it 22 nil at half time? Something I mean, like it's, game, it's game over. England need to go out tomorrow and guess talk about that game. Get points on the board. I mean, Ireland. We, we've touched on it before. I mean, I was. As Adrian knows, I'll, I'll let you enlighten you. Will uh, I do a lot of uh, hospitality work uh, in in boxes and stuff like that? One of the games that I did this summer was the England uh, Ireland warm up game, and uh, all of the guys in the box were kind of thinking, "Let's oh, be quiet." Kind of a tight game. People follow rugby sort of on and off in that box, and I thought, "Yeah, it might be quite a tight game." Absolute, absolute, I mean, complete walkover. I mean, it was shocking. I mean, Ireland's from the beginning of this year. I mean. Last year, we would have been saying on sports feed how open this World Cup was going to be, and yeah. one of the names definitely in the conversation oh, was Ireland, Ireland. undeniably. Maybe that was naive, maybe that was misplaced, but classic. It's a classic case of what A, I think it's peaking at the wrong time, peaking too early potentially, but B, also, is that you've got to remember all these coaches have been looking at this World Cup well, for four years, and therefore, I think some of these coaches have had plans which have not necessarily revealed until the World Cup because they're mm. going to go you know what I'm going to beat you in a knockout with a plan that I'm not going to show anyone else especially you until that game mm. 57-15 is what I just had a look is what uh, Ireland lost to England at Twickenham about a month and a bit ago and that was really that that really signified that this team were not going to hit the heights that, that had been hoped for 
and and, and the game at the weekend was testament to that. I mean, yep. they were outclassed by New Zealand. Who's got battered. Some of the offloads in those tries were just exceptional. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was at that game as well, the 57. Were you? Were you, were you in the hospitality box too? Uh, unfortunately. Oh. Um, different, different class citizen. That's right. Um, Down with the peasants, were you? Well, maybe. I was already working, mate. <laughs> <laughs> There's not many peasants between them, to be honest. They're all in the Land Rovers. Uh. But yeah, I, I mean... That, that game I showed a lot about England, which we'll come to in a bit, about Ford, Farrell, Tulangi. Yeah, unbelievable. Ireland, they relied, when they were peak, they relied on controlling the game, controlling phases, controlling the dynamic, the tempo, the kicking mm. game. You don't look at Ireland and you see creativity. No. You don't see some Johnny Sexton as a general, Conor Murray as a general. They're not out of the box. But they're, but they're and Roy Best played his last game. I was, was going to say, was gonna say and that, 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 and that line-out in that game just creaked. But, you, but that's what I'm saying. You're looking at that team and you're thinking, these are the names that I've been hearing about for 10 years, 100%. 12 years. You can't expect this is top-quality international rugby. There's no place now for people trying to get that last kind of glory opportunity, no, trying to win a World Cup mm. and then going out afterwards. You can't do that in international sport, full stop. You can't have that dream ending. It very rarely happens and you feel like Ireland just tried to push their luck. You talk about far. Wales being peaked. I think, yeah, Ireland did peak too early and they've been worked out. They like to control the game. They don't shock you with a phase player or a move. And that really showed against New Zealand. Once, once their sort of strategy has been underrated, they don't have that... You need flair to beat New Zealand. You need to score tries. Mm. Ireland couldn't really score tries in the in the mm. Six Nations. They, they couldn't do anything. <laughs> they played against England, which actually was a very similar game to England Australia, where England controlled proceedings. Yeah. You know, so England used Manitou Lange straight off a line out, destroyed them. Johnny May scores in the corner, kick. Johnny May scores. They finish off. They destroy them in the tackle area, and they finish off with an interception try, which which is basically a carbon copy of the England Australia game. Showed that. England's power game basically blew away yep. Ireland in that game and that was sort of the Ireland said after the game Conor Murray's like we were shocked we didn't expect that from England no one expected England to win that game Ireland's just been unbeaten for a year and that sort of signalled that if, if Ireland don't control proceedings they don't control the phase play yeah. they don't have a plan B they don't have a second um, and they couldn't they had no answer to New Zealand they got embarrassed in the World Cup quarter final because they didn't have that extra game plan that you do need at this level they don't I think you. I think that's a really good point Will I think you've got to be adaptable 100%. and that's the big thing in rugby when things are not going right you've got to have different plans and I hope that's what England are going to have tomorrow mm-hmm. Eddie Jones' favourite word is adaptability yeah. that's what he bangs on about the whole time and you need a plan A you need plan B you might even need a plan E mm. I find it so, he, all his, Eddie Jones as a coach is just a, so interesting mm. like he's so you could see when he was having a conversation. Uh, did you see the interview that he gave when someone asked him why Ford was on the bench? Yeah. And he said, uh, he was like... Uh, he was We're getting an impersonation here. I was just thinking about... I was thinking about... I was thinking about doing it. I was thinking about doing that. You've got to stop reporting it like you used to do in the 80s. It's 23-man game rugby. 23-man game. Rugby, yeah. I can bring you in one of our training sessions have a chat about it. It's 23-man game. He came off the bench, did his job. But he's just... He's so... He's so he's so so measured. He seems so, so trustworthy, and when you mm. have a coach like that, it, 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 it breeds that success. And I think we've seen that. He's just see Stuart Lancaster come in for his. Uh, oh. no, we're near the There's same. No charisma, isn't there? No, and 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 I think he's a small man, Eddie Jones. 
But those England players, they always talk about how much they, they fear him. And they respect yeah. him. He looks at that, doesn't he? so much. And, and I think every selection you get with Eddie Jones surprises you. Do you ever mm. feel like that? You yeah. always feel that he throws in a, a little joker. Just, just you, you feel like it's just to surprise you, but it really has clicked. When he dropped forward for the quarterfinal, people were going, oh, what have you done? What is the most creative yeah, spark you've just taken out? 100%. Um, and it, it worked perfectly. I mean, and now he's back in. And now he's back in. I mean, you've got to, you, you, he will surprise you every time, but it's almost as if he goes, I'll surprise you, but trust me, because he knows he thinks he knows what he's doing. He's like a little magician, I think, either. Eddie Jones. I see him as a magician. 100%. He's also got that little bit of a... He always seems like he's got one of those faces as well. When he's into interviews, almost always wanting to smile. He's got the mm. smile his mouth. Yeah. is always a little bit like that. Yeah. He's got that, but he's... Oh, that's smiling. really good on radio again, Ed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A bit like that, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Cheers, guys. <laughs> so, okay, right. Thanks, listeners. So, thank you. Okay, so uh, uh, tomorrow in Yokohama, nine o'clock. You want to give us a prediction? We, how do we? Well, yeah, I do want to get, get a prediction. How do we sit? Because obviously, we've unpacked Ireland's failings. New Zealand. I mean, Eddie Jones is not going to do the same thing as Ireland. That's clear. He's not going to fall into the same trap. Uh-huh. What I am going to say is that. In terms of prediction wise, if England win, I don't see them winning by a lot. It's going to be two, three points. I can, if New Zealand win, I can see potentially a cricket score. You know, that if they turn up on their A game, it could be a very long morning slash for us and slash evening for them. Um, but I'm hopeful. You've got to go with England. I've, it, New Zealand are not as good as they were a couple of years ago. That's my opinion. England are better than they were a few years ago. So I give it a 60 uh, 40, New Zealand. Okay. I'd go with that. But obviously, the patriot in me would always go with England. Mm-hmm. As you said, there is no way I'm going to say on, on this podcast that England are going to lose a rugby match. Yeah. I can't physically give you that response. I think there's a lot of noise about. What's your, to what's your, the All Blacks, you need something to go wrong for the All Blacks. You need a red card, look at the Lions. Red card, Lions win. Do you? To draw. You look, look, look at the games the All Blacks oh, have lost oh, recently. Ben Stokes. Australia, well, Ben, ben Stokes. <laughs> but, uh, and even then, there are, there's noise about England shouldn't have won that cricket match. But that's yeah. by the by. When, when Australia beat New Zealand in the Rugby Championship, Scott Barrett, red card. Mm. When Lions beat New Zealand, Samuel Williams, red card. When Lions drew in that third series, it was a shocking penalty decision at the end of the game. It gifted the Lions the, the draw. It almost feels like New Zealand have to be slightly off if they're not going to win a rugby match. Uh-huh. So discipline is a big, po- a big discipline, point. Discipline, discipline, discipline is massive for England because 100%. I think we've all grown up watching England and they've never been able to be disciplined enough. They're always giving away stupid penalties in right. stupid areas. I'm afraid I used to pick out. Uh, a, do you remember Dan Stevens? Yeah. He's, he's a, always a sub prop and he'd always come yeah. on and you honestly I don't know how many penalties he conceded his career he come Stevens, on that's all. Matt Stevens I'm confusing no, him I'm sliding Dan, oh, Dan Coleman Dan, Matt Stevens <laughs> Matt Stevens that's not very good don't worry he used to come on it used to come on and he'd give away penalties time and time again like literally you could count two or three penalties and New Zealand aren't going to do that so discipline is key mm. and England need to be within touching distance after an hour, if the mm. 60 minute England will be in three, four points in New Zealand, we're in a good position. Because the last thing you want to do, as Ireland did, get blitzed in the opening 20, half an hour, we're well, going to be game over. And when Eddie Jones says it's a 23 man game, he means he's it. right. Because yeah. Henry Sade is not starting. But when Henry Sade comes on the pitch, unless England have capitulated, the game will be in the balance. Mm-hmm. It'll still be, he can win it or lose it. 
Yeah. So it is a 23-man game where people say they've been dropped. Yes, it is different to be on the bench. To an extent, yes. But those subs are going to play a crucial role in a close game tomorrow. Without a doubt. But that's like saying... Eddie Jones, the magician, you know he's got something that's to like say. That's like saying yesterday that Marcus Rashford and Daniel James, you mentioned Daniel, were dropped. 100%. They're on the bench because, you know, they were resources for if it was going wrong for United in the yeah, Europa League. Yeah. We were talking about planning and this Eddie Jones has had this game in mind for four years. Oh yeah, absolutely. He is not he is gone. This is plan A. We win the group, we beat this team, we're gonna play New Zealand in the semi final. This know, isn't week to week, oh this week let's see New Zealand. He will tell you that, he'll say game at a time, which is a good good thing. He has known for four years in an ideal world England will play New Zealand in the semi-final. Well, it, he's going to have something that you don't expect. In in four years, in four years, he knows that to win a World Cup, he's going to have to play the All Blacks at some point. 100%. But semi-final or final, you're going to have to beat them. No one's going to do it for you. So he's had that for four years. I fully believe that we can do it tomorrow. I believe in Eddie, and I also believe in Manu. Mm. <laughs> believe in the Manu. Believe in Manu is our best Stokes. And he's at 13. And I think that's a massive thing. I think at 12, he's a wrecking ball. He's someone you go to off a line out to make dense. At 13, he's your strike runner. I think there's a difference. I don't think mm. ball carrying and strike running. You look at the great 13s. Brian O'Driscoll wasn't a ball carrier. He was a strike runner. You give him at 13, he's got space. And he can wreck people. He's not just a one-out runner who makes dents. He's now in that outside channel. And we, we saw it when we were at the England Island game. Well, uh-huh. he, he was in some sort of box. <laughs> Um, it's clearly that place at the time. Yeah, um, but that Ford Farrell to Alangi. Yeah. When Ford and Farrell started playing, Eddie Jones came in. He 18 tests he took. They won 18. Ford Farrell, 18 tests in a row. And that was the unbeaten streak. Then it sort of worked out because Joseph was the 13. There wasn't much variation. There was no sort of go forward. But then Ford Farrell to Alangi played for the first time England Ireland. They rip Ireland to shreds because you've got two Alangi at 13, who is the scariest man in world mm. rugby, 100%, there's no one, there's no one else you'd least like, rather play than <coughs> Manu Tuolangi. I think we're likes, I, I'm going to go loves Manu Tuolangi, <laughs> that's what I decided. We've had about five minutes of Will going about how much he loves Manu Tuolangi. You sold me, I'm sold at it, I'm sold at it. Ford and Farrell, who are two unbelievable I love, I love Farrell, I'm going to lie. It tears people up, because Manu Tuolangi is as dangerous without the ball as he is with the ball. Because when he's without the ball, Defenders have to hold. So you think he's going to get the ball, and he just creates space for other people. And when he's creating space for the likes of Ford and Farrell in tandem, that yeah. that that combination works. And we haven't seen that full flow this World Cup, but I'm, that is so exciting. I'm going to start crying when Manu Tillang gets sent oh. off in the second minute. I hope you're right, mate. I'm with you. I really hope you're right. I really hope you're right. Do you care about the Welsh? And just, uh, just to fact check, by the way, Dan Stevens is an actor who was in Downton Abbey and Beauty and the Beast. So that, that's, 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 that's he's all right, Dan. He, 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 he's still, he didn't give away any penalties. So sorry, sorry for misnaming him. Sorry, Dan. I'm a big fan of your it's work. It's a podcast. You could have cut that bit out. What's that? It's a podcast. You could have cut that bit out. Cut it out. It's part of it. It's authentic. Also, I think referees are a big deal tomorrow. And my favourite rugby referee, Nigel Owens, has obviously taken the lead tomorrow. Brilliant desert island disc. If you ever get the chance. Nigel has some great, has some great uh, uh, adverts of him for Emirates. Have you seen them? Oh, the one with the bear. Is that the one? He's got one. Oh, I've not one. seen one. That one. Land Rover. He, there's oh, really? a bear mm-hmm. walking down the road. A 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know the standard of that. It could be complete rubbish, but it's on ITV. And there's a bear walking down the road, and it's very bizarre. Is it? And he feeds him, and he combs his hair, smiles him <laughs> up. It's very bizarre. You, you need to see well, it. Okay, let's see this one. It will definitely be on pre-match or half-time. Look out this. for the Nigel Owens and the bear. This, the one I saw... This one pod's I, taking a turn. Well, I'm not happy for it to. The, uh, the one I... The one I... <laughs> the, one I <laughs> the, one I the one I saw was there was a, a bloke wearing an Irish shirt, and he was on a plane with Emirates. And he was sat in his chair and he sort of leant over to uh, lean uh, on the uh, other blokes. So other, uh, other airlines are available? Yeah, thank you. Uh, oh, the car manufacturers are available. Yeah, Sorry true. Other than not a Twickenham, they're not. Oh, that's sponsored by them as well. Mm, I think they are. Go on, uh, go not on. anymore. Last season they were. Oh, right. Anyway, this advert, like a normal bloke with a, like a, a neck thing around, you know, one of those sort of pillow neck things that you can have on you the see, plane. He's, he's trying to make it visual. visual. No, no, I'm explaining to you, but I'm also trying to explain it to the listeners. Yeah. Okay. I can't make it visual. We're not multimedia. Well, we'd, we'd, see that, that we'd, say, we'd, see the gl- we'd see the glassless ginger head chambers in the corner. It's probably yeah. not going to be worth it now, I promise <laughs> you. So he just, he literally, this bloke in an Irish shirt it's leans over and, and, yeah, exactly. He leans over in an Irish shirt onto the sort of shoulder of the person next door. And Nigel Owens runs down the aisle of the plane, blows his whistle, says, Roll away, Green! Roll away! Roll away! Anyway, worth a watch. I'm going to call it now. Yes. I'm, I'm saying it because I was going to say it in the studio, but. Yeah. I can see England beating the All Blacks and then the Welsh beating England in the final. Now, that is a great point because. <laughs> so. Because I would say. That second semi final. I think everyone would say, look. Well, it, the popular opinion is South Africa will beat Wales in a semi-final. However, I don't think I'm not fan, sure. If you're an England fan, you want South Africa. Every England fan rather play South Africa yeah. than Wales in a final. And every New Zealand fan wants to play Wales. 100 percent because their Wales don't beat the All Blacks. I would hate to play Wales in a Warren final. Gatlin's Wales in a final. A World Cup Great. final, losing to the Welsh. I'm not sure how I could. I don't think England players even talk to my Welsh players. relatives. Actually, don't have much Welsh presence, do we? No. There's more Welsh presence on the Purple Ray team no, because I, I think ex station yeah, manager Jester Ning was as well. That's right because I, I can I kind of I tend to agree with you actually. I saw, I saw the, the there was a little poll. I, I don't know whether it's going to be a three point game tomorrow as you said. I, I uh, it's going to win. Down. It's, it's going to come down. I think actually we, we talked about discipline. It is going to invariably it's going to come down to a penalty either here or there. I, I think, think it's really revealing now that the New Zealand coach went okay. We're ready for eighty minutes. Steve Hansen. We're ready He's for the extra up. twenty. We're ready for the extra 10, and then we're ready to kick him. Yeah. I think that's really revealing that he's ready for that, because yeah. I, think he think, I think he thinks it's going to be a close game as a result. If he's willing to come out media and say that... Well, he's that, spying on the England team. Have you heard about this? Yes, Eddie I did Jones see that. They're spying on us. It's fine. Brilliant, Eddie. Bring it on. They're scared. From Eddie. They're scared. Maybe they are, maybe they're not, but the fact, I love it how Eddie said that. Bit I mean, my who's, who's expecting that? Imagine after, 100, imagine after 110 minutes, tall square. I mean, can you do that? Can you boys take that tomorrow? Super over, Ben Stokes. That's right. That's we, we haven't got boundaries over here. No. What have you got? There's, there's, there's five, five, five people. Five people. Kick. Twenty-two. It must be. And then you got to select five people. Of course, we're going to kick it. Oh my god. Farrell. That's for that Ben Stokes on TV. He wouldn't miss, would he? Yeah, yeah. It's cricket bat out. No, it's not about the technique. Get ben. It's all about mindset at that stage. Yeah. They can all kick it in training. He's ben the Stokes on the day would deliver with him. Yeah. Or Take a big swing. Right, let's say let's say we all let's say everyone's talking about Manny next week, eh? Everyone like, in the way that they were about Ben Stokes. Let's hope that, that this game is on obviously on terrestrial TV, which uh, the cricket didn't have. Well, it didn't the final did. The final did. The final did. But you know, let's hope it really hits the impact that it yeah. deserves because you know it, it does take one performance like that. Maybe Manny can. 
as you say, inspire that. We have to talk before we go about the second yeah. semi final. The Welsh, the Welsh, even if they are, well, if you think they will beat South Africa, which is. So no, I don't think they're going to beat France, and they certainly think they're going to beat France. The French—they're making a bit of a habit of it. They nearly bottled it against the uh, Argentinians in the group stage, but what on earth happened? I tell you who did retire on that. That um, remind me. Mm. The man, the myth, the elbow. <laughs> the man, the myth, the elbow. Bang! Good shot, wasn't it? What? Couldn't miss. He lined I mean, him up. He saw him, and he just went for it. Because obviously they, they, ref- they, they referred it for the high tackle initially. It was like me and Jimmy Allen's out and I'm fed up. It's too crowded. Clear off. Get yes. him out. Back. Cleared him out. The shoulder. Be gone. What is going through that man's head at that stage? Probably not a lot. No, well, I just can't believe the he Welsh won. Tired and that's his legacy. Cheers, man. Well, it's a bit like... Uh, Zidane. Zidane, yeah. But Zidane... Headbutt in a World Cup final. A, like, insulted pretty ferociously. Verbally. I can't see Aaron Rainwhite in that. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, mate. Come on. Going after his sister. But, yeah. Uh, it was just a bizarre moment. And that sort of sums it's up France. That everyone's dark horse in the tournament. They've got power. In They work in moments, France. So they'll score a try in a moment. Oh, then they they'll switch off a game for a bit. They'll score tries in a moment. They'll do something spectacular and get up. That's what they did against Wales. Their tries, bang, in a moment. And then in a moment of dumb complete stupidity in a moment they lose the World Cup they, they, they throw it away in moments stupid penalty throw it away they, they're not a team of momentum they're not a team of building they rely on Com- comes out nothing yeah 100% they can make a game in a moment and they can throw away a game Some in multi-moments and that's what they did there's no way they should have lost that game they hand it to them on a plate the plate was smashed down they gave them another plate Unbelievable. Complete opposite. I'm very disappointed. Complete opposite to the world where you can see it coming. You just know when they're going to score a try. It, it, it's just the momentum's there. You go, here they come, here they go. Oh, they've done it. Mm-hmm. Complete opposite. But yeah, I don't know about this one, South Africa Wales, because my, my, my head says my head says South Africa because they're the better team. They've yeah. got more flair, more creativity. But it's about knowing how to win. But my emotions always go Wales because they just grind out results. They know how they're to win lucky. So and so's, they just know how to win a game, and you know, in knockout rugby in the semi final, the biggest thing you need is that ability to win. Yeah, put it out the fire. They were nowhere in the quarter final, they got through by a point. You can see them doing it against South Africa, winning by a point. And it's very rare in finals and semi finals that you blur a team away with your best game. Yeah, no, they're going to be mistakes. You look at finals historically, um, 2011, how did France they lost to Tonga in the group stage, they got to the final, they were within a point of winning the World Cup. In finals, <laughs> it will take the ability to grind stuff out when things aren't going your way. And it's more likely going to be come from the results. Going to be more likely from a, from a the outcome decided by a mistake rather than a moment of brilliance, because of the pressure cooker of a knockout game, a semi final, or a final. You're relying on the other team to make that mistake, and you seize on it. And then relying on your cool head to execute yeah. after that mistake. Which which Wales have an abundance they have cool heads. Yeah. Dan Bigger sums it up. He's not. Dan Carter but he's got a cool head and in big games he won't make mistakes yep. that is what wins although, although I'd say the fact that Liam Williams is missing for Wales is massive really, that, is a huge, that is a huge thing Liam because Williams he's got the creativity that's all like Leo Penny I mean Leo Penny can yeah. launch it miles but he hasn't got that creativity and of Liam Williams field, he ruins it doesn't he he takes everything and that's where England came unstuck they tried to kick but they did his argument tried to out kick him and it didn't work when Liam Williams caught everything 
But the thing with Wales, I mean, in the warm-ups, they lost to Lube Faletau. Yep. They lost Gareth Anscombe in their star 10. That's like England losing Vinopolo and Farrell in, in warm-ups. <laughs> Imagine that. Just done. England are done before they even got there. Jonathan Davis has been injured for most of the tournament. But they're still here. They've won every game. Mm. They know how to react to adverse circumstances. That is the Warren Gatlin sort of blueprint that they know. When it's not going well, when they're so not playing a, great rugby, they know how to progress. It's in their national psyche too. 100%. Mm. Dare I say it? Can't stand the Welsh. It's horrible. As an England fan, it is, it's a terrible. Pure nationalism from one love over here. When you live near the border, <laughs> or, or live within three miles of Wales, it's a big uh, three miles. Of course, you would be there. Yeah. Gosh. I'm also going to say is what uh, these semi-finals. Obviously, we've got two Northern Hemisphere versus two Southern mm. Hemisphere in comparison to the World Cup of last summer, which was. Four. four Southern Hemisphere, Argentina, uh, South Africa, New Zealand, Australia. So the semi-final, obviously the first semi-final is going to be a, a really tight contest. But, but as you say, the difference between Wales and South Africa is a real clash of styles, potentially. Mm. And that, that in itself, tactically, makes for such an interesting contest. Maybe not as box office, maybe not as no. flair, maybe not as exciting. Well, exciting, who knows, because it might in the last... 20 minutes become incredibly touchy and exciting no, but biting. South Africa are not going to be allowed to play their own game in the way perhaps they were in the quarterfinals. I think it would be more scrappy game that one mm. because they're both trying to nullify each other's styles whilst in a way I think New Zealand and England actually kind of complement each other's styles a bit because they're there to play rugby. Maybe South Africa one of those in that semi-final they realise that you've got to score tries to yeah. win. In South Africa Wales I mean, they played in the quarterfinal three years ago, and it's it's all about drop goals. It's all about this one little. Moment you can see a, a nine six between South Africa Wales. Yeah, well, it, you know, no, we tries, but we, that's definitely a completely different style of game to the England New Zealand, which will be tries. Yeah, twenty three nineteen in the quarters, as you said before, it was last time. Mm-hmm. It's going to be that kind of that kind of game. It's set up very well. Have we got any any final pieces of uh, wisdom to impart before we? Uh, Coolest one. So we will be back next week to obviously oh, well. review these games and what I mean. What so you've just said nine six is that we we're gonna you're gonna. Well, I would say that I can see it being a low scoring game. Yeah, uh, but in a bit a similar so way. 20. In a similar way to, I, I, I expect to be a high scoring game between England and New Zealand, but tight if England win. And in the same way, I can see a low scoring game between South Africa and Wales. It's going to be tight if Wales win. For Wales to win, it's going to be a couple of points like England. South Africa and New Zealand have the ability to blow both teams away and win by a few. Mm. Do you agree? Uh, I, I can't see Wales losing. Rugby. Really? I can't see Wales losing rugby matches. But wow. they've never gone beyond what? the final. I don't think Wales are going to... Uh, every time you see Wales, on paper, Wales should not win this semi-final. Let's be brutal. They've yeah. got players who are missing, which means physically they should not be able to win. That never stops them. Such heart. I'm saying it now. I think Wales are going to win 25-23 in a grind-out game. I hope I'm wrong. Get in there, England. I hope South Africa win. Get it on Betfair. And England are going to win. England are going to win. England are going to win. 2019, I'm calling that 2019 is going to be remembered as one of the greatest sporting years in for England ever. The greatest. The greatest. It's going to be two World Cup wins. Seems a pretty good way to end it. Thank you very much, boys. I'll see you the same time next week. Uh, If you are interested in listening to this podcast, make sure you subscribe. Now, we're on Spotify, not just on Mixcloud, so we've moved into a new age of mass production, mass um, engagement on here on Purple Radio. We'll be back with a sports feed on uh, Saturday at 7 o'clock, but until then, enjoy the rugby. Come on, England. Purple Radio.
podcasts. Thanks for downloading this Purple Radio podcast. For more great content and to listen live, head to purpleradio.co.uk.